Thank you for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in seven different locations. We hope that today's message encourages and empowers you on your spiritual journey and helps you grow deeper in your relationship with God. To learn more about Our Savior's Church and how you can get involved, you can visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. How many of you were here last week? You got to hear the message. We talked about bringing honor into the relationship, the marriage relationship. Listen, I want to say, if you're married here, if you are married, raise your hand. Married folks. Okay, awesome. If you weren't here, go back and get the podcast. Men, you can listen to it on the way to work. Girls, you can listen to it on the way to work or at home, whichever. And I'm just telling you, it's, it can be a game changer because we've been talking about the subject of honor. Everybody say honor. Yeah. Jesus promised. This is words of Jesus. Look, if you'll honor me, you'll honor God. If you honor a prophet, you'll receive a prophet's reward. If you honor your brother or your sister for righteousness' sake, if you'll honor them, then you'll receive a righteous man's reward. And then he says, if you'll even honor the least of these among me, among us, I'll even give you an, a reward for that. So do you see what's happening? Honor, reward, honor, reward, honor, reward, honor, reward. I think, like any good father or good mother who wants to promote the right values in their children, you always reward what's right. And so we know that. So we, we, we can see that throughout Scripture. And that honor, I, 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 I've been talking to Heidi about some things about honor, and she's going, don't even go there. Don't even go there. It just, I'm seeing honor over and over. You almost can't even open the, the Bible. You can just flip through it. And you're going to find honor on just about every single page, the principle of honor. And so we wanted to take some time last week to talk about honor in this relationship, the husband and wife relationship. And honestly, we didn't really think it was that good. We're like, oh, yeah, it's okay. And then we, but we got all these texts going, oh, thank you. Oh, we're gonna do, do, this is going to change our marriage. And we're like, really? And I'm like, We've been preaching this for 13 years. About time you got it. No, I'm teasing. I didn't, I wanted to, but I didn't. And so, oh, bad pastor. Uh, so today we want to just, we want to zero in on fathers to children or mother, parents to children and really from children to parents. I think we're going to keep in the students next, uh, next service because I, I want to teach the young people how to get a free car from you. Uh, no, I'm teasing. Uh, but want to just see the principle of honor, how it works between. And, it, and listen, and, and, and if you're a grandparent here too, because we're going to talk about that at the end too, because you have a role to play in this as well. And so we want you to, we want you to see that as, as we change seasons. So with that, baby, do you want to add anything to that? No, the reason I was telling you that we're not going there wasn't because we just trying to keep us on our lane today. We could go a 10, 100 different directions. Okay. That's my point, which is all, was very good, everything you're saying. <laughs> everything you were she saying She don't need is any good. help. <laughs> everything you're saying is good. I'm just saying that was, that was a point. I thought that was a great intro. That's a great intro. That's I'd awesome. like to now pass it over to you, baby. You okay. wanna, as no. we, we jump in this. Yeah, we're gonna jump into this. But um, we, we said this last week as well. Uh, we said this last week as well. Just, I hope y'all are seeing now, since we're talking about honor, since honor has been ongoing for the last several weeks, I hope you're paying attention to 
to what honor is and to what honor is not. I hope you're paying attention now to where when you see things or hear things from people or, or, or watch the news or, or, or whatever that you're going, you know what, that's, that's not honoring. That's not paying attention to that so that, because it's not something that just comes natural. It's just not, it's just not. We are fallen human beings that live in a fallen world and none of us are perfect. So we don't just roll out of the bed and honor just starts falling out of us. It just, it just doesn't. And so we've got to be very intentional and very purposeful to go, I'm going to live a life of honor today. I'm going to live a life of honor by the words that I speak, by the actions that I take, by how I treat other people that I'm going to be a man or a woman of honor. And in doing so, again, and we've said this a million times, you're going to shine very brightly in a very, very dark world that is full of dishonor. Does that make sense? So we've got to be very purposeful and intentional. And so this morning, we're, again, we're going to talk about parents and children. And, and it goes, and I'm going, to, I'm going to read some verses in a moment, but it goes both ways. Every parent on the planet, whether they know Jesus or not, every parent on the planet can quote the scripture, children, honor your mother and father. Whether you've ever read the Bible before, whether you've ever been in church before, if you've ever said a prayer before, everybody on the planet, whether they don't even believe in God or not, they're going to say, children, honor your mother and father. And it's true and it's a command from God. But honor goes both ways, as Eugene has mentioned in the last few weeks. <coughs> Excuse me. It goes both ways. And you cannot expect your children to honor you if you aren't living an honorable life before your children, you, you just cannot. You, cannot. you cannot bark the verse out to your children when they're being disrespectful. Honor your mother and father. Honor your mother and father. When the, the hour before you were ripping them to shreds, telling them everything they've done wrong, going off on them. And then expect them to honor you when you haven't first led the example by living an honorable life before them. So it goes, it goes both ways. I can't tell you how many times I've been in the store in Walmart or whatever. And, and sometimes I get myself in trouble because I will, there's a, been a few times I have said something, but it's, it's been kind, but <laughs> it, it has been kind, but you just can't help yourself. Because, I mean, you'll be in a store and you'll see a mama, and you know the mama's so, so frustrated. And I'm sure it happens with dads, too. I just always pay attention to the mamas. And so you, you know she's frustrated. You know she's tired. And she is just going to town on these poor children and just ripping them and screaming. And, and I'm just going, okay, just, just don't. It, nothing good comes out of it. And so, again, before we can expect honor from our children we've got to make sure that we're living a life of honor before them so Ephesians chapter 4 and we're I'm sorry Ephesians chapter 6 there's four verses we're going to go through today that the Bible just lays it out clearly if you remember last week we talked about when we talked about honor in the marriage we it was Ephesians chapter 5 and today is Ephesians chapter 6 and it just the Bible beautifully lays it out we're going to read it out of the New Living Translation and I'm going to go ahead and read all four verses that we're going to cover today and then we'll go back verse by verse Ephesians chapter 6 starting in verse 1 it says children obey your parents because you belong to the Lord and this is the right thing to do honor your mother and your father 
This is the first commandment with a promise that if you honor your father and mother, things will go well with you and you will live a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. And just though, if we would just live those four verses out, things in our home, things with our children, things with our family, would go very well with us. Not perfect, not without problems, but it would go well with us if we just live those four verses out. So verse number one, we're going to start with that, where it says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing for you to do. So the ch children, we're going to talk about teen teenagers in here too. So we're talking about ch children that are still at home. And so they will go children and with teens. It says that they are to obey their parents because it's the right thing to do. That's the child's or the teenager's responsibility is to obey their parents. But the parent's responsibility is to teach their children obedience. That's a parent's responsibility. Children, children are not born obedient. Did y'all know that? Okay, children are not born. In that nursery today, those little ones running around, in kids' church today, all the children running around, they're just not naturally obedient. They just don't obey. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, no, sir, whatever you say, yes, I will do it. That is a wonderful idea. Of course I'm going to do that. I'll be happy to do that. Okay, that's not their natural response. We live in a fallen world. And it's not their natural response to be obedient. So children, the Bible gives a very clear indication. Children, children are to obey their parents, but parents have a responsibility to teach their children obedience. That's their responsibilities. Again, children don't need to be taught disobedience. They have that down. Yeah. Your child is very, very, very good at being disobedient. Wonderful at being disobedient. It's the obedience that has to be taught by the parents. And when the parents teach your children obedience, they're teaching them not only to obey you as a parent, but you're ultimately teaching your children and your teenagers not just to obey you as a parent, but also to ultimately obey God. Because if, if you, uh, we've been in this long enough. You can line a hundred people up, and if they have an obedient heart before God, chances are very, very high that they were obedient to their parents. Not that they never messed up, not that they didn't make a mistake, not that they weren't stupid about something. Again, we're not talking about perfection, but we're talking about a heart of obedience. And what you're doing, parents, if you don't teach your children obedience, you're ultimately teaching them they don't have to obey you and they don't have to obey God. Because while they're children, they're they're not hearing God's voice clearly or they're not recognizing God's voice, but they do hear your voice clearly. And as a child, oftentimes those voices are synonymous, that when they're hearing your voice, they're hearing God's voice. And as they get older, they start to learn and you start to teach them how to distinguish between the two, but your voice should be coinciding with what God's voice is saying. Does that make sense? And so you've got to teach them obedience. When, when our kids were young, all of our kids are grown now and um, out of the house. But uh, when our children were home and, and, and young still at the house, 
we, there were consequences for disobedience. There was punishment for disobedience. There was two things that we did not tolerate, disobedience and disrespect. Now, when there were mistakes made, when there were other things happened, we would, we would deal with that. But when punishment came, it came because they were being disobedient or they were being disrespectful. And when they were smaller, the consequences looked different than, than when they became teenagers. But even when they were teenagers, we did not tolerate disobedience or disrespect. And by teaching them and, and, and bringing consequences to disobedience, you're helping to teach them obedience. We cannot as parents only have consequences and punish the disobedience if we're not rewarding the obedience. So if you're saying no, 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 no all the time and you're never saying yes, then it's a no-win situation for your children. If you're constantly punishing the disobedience in your children but never rewarding the obedience, then it's a no-win situation. And so you've got you've to be consistent with your, with your consequences for disobedience, but you've got to be consistent with your reward for the obedience. Does that make sense? Because you're teaching them the ways of God. God will discipline the disobedient and he will reward the obedient. And as parents, we are a reflection to God, to our children. So disobedience must be punished so that obedience can be learned. Can you just talk about consistency for just a second? Because mamas and daddies, especially if you have little children, because yeah. they'll wear you down. Yes. They have a gift. They have a gift. They can, they'll outlast you. They have the gift of persistence. No, it's true. So you just want to talk about consistency. I, I mean, I'm just thinking back of when our kids were little. Right. It was. And, I'm, it, and it feels like we're again. talking more to the parents when the Bible says children obey your parents. Mm -hmm. But the parents have a responsibility. If the parents don't get this right, it's going to be hard for children to obey because you're not teaching them that. And the consistency, you cannot say we're going to punish disobedience and disrespect and you punish it one day and for the next three days you're so tired and so stressed out you don't touch it. And then the fifth day you come back in and go, guess what? You're getting punished because of this. And then three or four more days go by because you're tired and stressed out and you don't and you don't deal with it, then you're teaching that child they can obey whenever they, whenever your voice gets louder is when they have to obey. When you finally get to the end of your rope, then you can obey. But then if mama's tired or stressed out, she's never going to do anything or dad's never going to do anything. And it's, it's sending mixed messages to those kids and you're so frustrated with them and you're the one that's causing it. Yeah. So you're, you're, what I hear you say is that our children learn when you're really serious by the they can learn right. that by the tone of your right. voice then they're really going to obey because right. if I don't mama's going to get me That's or daddy's right. going to get me so they they learn so you're wondering why I've got to keep raising my voice because they know that's when you're right. finally at the end right. or when if you're one of those parents who can't okay. they know when you get to let me ask you this number. question serious question have you ever had to leave a grocery store with your children to take one of them to the car to discipline them let me count the ways. <laughs> Question. Now, I, I will say this, and we raised our kids a long time ago, and times are different now. I totally understand that. And I probably would have, 
I don't know. Okay, I'm no. I'm, was anyway, the basket yes. full of groceries? The when basket you has been full of groceries on numerous accounts when the children were little, and they were disobedient or disrespectful, and in the middle of a grocery store with full groceries, and I have left the basket at Walmart or grocery or wherever and walk their behinds out to the car where my wooden spoon was and took care of business in the car or behind the car or behind the open door. So hopefully nobody saw me, took care of business, walked them back in, put them back in the basket and finished my business. It's a pain in the neck. And again, the smaller the children, again, we keep saying we're gonna do a parenting class one day, whatever, but I'm saying oh, we can't get into all this today. But the smaller the children, the shorter time between what you tell them to do and your punishment. You can't tell a three-year-old when we get home, you're going to get punished. They don't have any concept of that. The older they get, they, they will, but you, not those really young ones. So there's a, there's a time frame you're going to work when, with in, as well. But you have to, if you're not consistent in your teaching, don't expect your children to be consistent in their obedience. Strong. I'm just, I'm just saying. So don't get upset with your children for what they're not doing when you're the one not doing what you need to do in the first place as an example. Does that make sense? I'm not, I'm not trying to be hard. That's not hard. I'm just telling you from truth. It's just, it, it's true though. And parents get so frustrated and put all the blame on their children when we have a lot to blame as well. And we have got to, to really rise up and walk in our role as parents with the strength and the courage and the wherewithal that God can give us. It's hard. It's hard being a parent. It is. Okay, that was verse number one. Okay, good. Well, I'm going to keep rolling. Okay, perfect. Okay, the second verse, let's go to the second verse. Second verse is this, when, when Paul says this, he says, honor your father and mother. Again, every one of these verses could be a whole message in itself, just for y'all to know that. Uh, verse two, it says, honor your father and your mother. And then it goes on, and Eugene's going to talk about it in a minute. That's actually a verse out of Deuteronomy that that uh, that Paul is repeating because it has a, a it's a commandment with a promise. Again, every parent on the planet, whether they love Jesus or have ever read the Bible, can 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 uh, quote these verses. Children, honor your father and your mother. Let me give you a definition of honor. And again, this could be a whole whole another message. Honor simply means this. It means to esteem, to give value, or to give weight to. It means to esteem, to value, to give weight to. Children are to esteem and value their parents. They are, no matter what age the child is. That through teaching them obedience, teaching them to obey your voice, you're teaching them to honor you as a mother and father. Honoring your mother and father will look different as children grow into adulthood. But the principle of honor remains the same. And that children, that every one of us in here is a child of someone. And that we are to honor our father and our mother. Mistakes may have been made. Terrible things may have happened in your home. Sinful things may have happened, and it doesn't make any of that right because it's not. The Bible still says that we're to honor our father and our mother, which means that we're to give weight 
to the position that they have, that we're to honor them for the good things that did happen. Just because there were bad things that happened doesn't mean that there's not something good somewhere. There's something honorable in every single human being. As awful as they may be, as terrible, as ugly, as hateful, as abusive, and I'm not, there's no excuse for any of that. There's something somewhere in the heart of a person that you can find to honor. Adult children, if you have adult children, or if you're an adult child in here, adult children do not owe your parents obedience, but you do owe your parents honor. So adult children, parents, don't expect your adult children, don't still treat them like they're teenagers or, or still living in your home and expect them to obey you. Your adult children do not owe us obedience, but they do owe us honor. And so it's oftentimes, and we've talked about this in that journey of parenting, that as, as children make the transition from, you know, babies to toddlers to, to elementary children to teenagers to young adults, those children are making those transitions naturally, and it's the parent's responsibility to make the transition along with them. But the problem is, though the children, it comes natural to make that transition of growing up, it doesn't come so natural for the parents to make the transition. And so that's why you still have parents t treating adult children like they're teenagers at home and then getting upset because they're not doing what you're telling them that they don't, they don't, if they're out of your home and living on their own, they don't, they don't owe you obedience, but they do owe you honor. And so you can't, you must still honor your parents, your children. Again, small children are not going to understand that. The, the concept of honor yet, but they are going to understand the concept of obedience. And so again, by teaching them obedience, you're teaching them honor. We said this last week, Pastor Jacob has said this for so many years, when you cannot honor the person, you honor the position. And so for a mother and a father, if you're, when you're adults and a mother and a father, even teenagers and haven't done things right, haven't done a lot of things right. And there's no perfect parent. But there's some who have really caused some real heartbreak and some real pain in the hearts of their children. There, it's, the, it's the posture of our heart. That's where honor comes from. It's the posture of our heart. It doesn't mean you keep putting yourself back in a situation to get hurt. It doesn't mean that you keep setting yourself up for more abuse and more, and, 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 and more uh, disappointment and pain. Honor is a position of your heart. And like I said earlier, there's always something honorable about someone. Some people, you may have to look harder than others to find it. But there's something honorable about everyone that we are to honor our mother and father as children, as teenagers, and even as adults, that we are to honor our mother and father, give weight to, give esteem to, posture of our heart. It's not saying everything they did was right. And, and it's not washing over all the wrong. It's having a posture of honor in our heart because the Bible promises it'll go well with us if we do so. And you're going to get into that in good, a minute. Lovey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I got to just tell this one funny thing. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. It's funny. So 
Heidi and I, Heidi had this great, well, we needed to do it. We were gonna do, we're gonna wash the outside windows of our house. So. Uh, too soon, this is too soon, this happened yeah, yesterday. Yeah, it happened yesterday, too soon, it's too soon. So, you know, you're not good. The, the, the Windex stuff that you hook Eugene to. Eugene and I don't do well on projects together. I'm just yeah, gonna yes. say that. It's not a good thing. Everybody thinks they're in charge. That's the problem. It's like, She's telling me, we need to do this, do this. I'm like, hey, woman, you know, what? back off, uh, what? you know. You cheat. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. And then I'm going. Go get me a rag. Go get me this. Go get me that. I know, that's okay. what I'm saying. You we both derailed. think we're in charge. We are talking about honor. We've derailed this. This is still too, this is, this is too soon to talk about. It's not even been 24 hours. <laughs> so, oh my anyway, we're, we're, we go to Lowe's. <laughs> we go to Lowe's because we're going to get the Windex stuff that you put on the hose, right? So you're going to spray it. And so, and then, and then my father taught, you know, he squeegees, you know, does the, or does the rub thing with the, the stick, with the thing, the rub thing. So I call him and go, yeah, it's, that's what it's like. So anyway, I call and go, hey, dad, where'd you get that squeegee thing? We cleaned the windows, you know, I helped him one day. I mean, he brought all the gear and I said, where'd you get that? Oh, you can get it at Lowe's. So, so we're getting Lowe's. Okay, thanks. Got it. So we're getting it and then he calls back and he goes now listen you got to rinse the window first start at the top then put the soap on start at the top work your way down after you rub the windows and you put it back on rinse make sure you start at the top and work your way down because if you don't start at the top and work your way down, you're going to get streaks on there. So start at the top and work your way down. I'm 58. I didn't say this. So let me tell you what I'm thinking. I'm 58 years old. I know you start from the top and work your way down. But I just said, honor Thank you, Dad. That was very helpful. I'm going to do exactly that. <laughs> and then the rest of the day was a nightmare, so go ahead. And then Heidi started telling me what to do. No, anyway, no, it was no. great. Vice versa. <laughs> it was a battle. Who was going to win? She won. Our windows are clean. <laughs> Watch this. First commandment with the promise. Listen, again, you're, you're, still, you're still a child. We're still somebody's child. It, there's a promise. It is the first commandment with the promise. This is, he's referring, Heidi was right, she's referring to Deuteronomy 5, 16. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you. Then you will live long, full life in the land the Lord, the Lord God is giving you. So, Christians, here's what, here's what we've done, Christians, us post-Jesus Christians. We've, we've taken the Ten Commandments and we say the first four is about our relationship with God. The last six is our relationship with man. Remember, you shall have no other gods before me. Remember the Sabbath, keep it holy. Uh, do not create any graven image. We go, okay, that's the first, you know, the first four is our relationship with God. Last six, do not steal, do not covet, do not commit adultery. That's our relationship with man. That's not how the Jews thought. The Jews thought 
Commandment number five, which I just read you, honor your father and mother, the first five belonged about their relationship with God. Honor thy father and mother was about honoring God. Right. Let me say it again. Honoring your father and your mother is a way to honor God. Let me say it again. Honoring your father and your mother is a way we honor God. It's the way we learn the voice of God. Heidi's exactly right. We, Heidi, was, she's the one who said years ago, we're gonna, we need to teach the children to obey our voice the very first time. If they don't obey the first time, we need to discipline. Because she, and this is her words, because we want them to obey God when he speaks to them the very first time. And so that's, you, you gotta leave the restaurant sometimes to, to do it. You gotta to discipline. And so uh, it, 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 and when we say, live long, full life. Let me, let me just describe what that means. It simply means this, that your life will be blessed when you honor your parents. It, it would just, it'll be blessed. And then he goes on, and that's speaking to children, honor. And then he's going to speak to, I'm, I'm going to use the word fathers, but we're talking fathers and mothers. Then, then Paul's going to turn and he's going to start speaking directly to us as parents. And he's going to say to us in verse number four of Ephesians chapter six, fathers and mothers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Don't, don't provoke, don't instigate, don't cause there to be backlash by your children. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction. Do you see the two? Discipline and Instruction. Discipline by itself is not good, just instruction by itself. And we're watching that happen with parents nowadays. I'm telling you, there's something going on. It's in the water. Everybody's trying to instruct their parents. In, Heidi's getting her microphone. Everyone's trying to instruct their, parent, their, their children into obedience. You will not instruct your children into obedience. Because the pendulum has swung, and in the generation, no, I'm just saying the generation, here, our generation before the discipline was o overboard and at times slash abusive. And because of the generation we grew up in, and then the pendulum swings back to the other side, and then you've got two or three generations now coming going, because I was treated that way, I'm, and now the pendulum, and no extreme is good. Neither one of those extremes are good. God is right. That's exactly right. God is right. He is correct. So have we ever walked through a Walmart or a Super One or whatever and we saw the mother or the father kneeling down to a three-year-old trying to explain to them why they're not going to get the candy bar right. and, and, and go, now, now listen, Dad, Daddy, don't mean to hurt your feelings. And go, <laughs> and the, how many of you know you're not going to explain it to a three-year-old? <laughs> you're like, nah, come on, we take, we're going to the car. No, they'll understand then. So don't, so it's fathers and mothers as well. And, and by the way, can I just say something to the fathers in this house, to the men in this house? I, and uh, Heidi and I had a, a dinner with a, a couple in our church the other, the other day and, and just reminded us again, there are so many of you in here and I, I'm probably covering 90% of you that are such chain breakers that you've, you came from one world received Christ, became obedient to the Lord, 
and broke the chains and now you're promoting a blessing, the Bible says, for a thousand generations to come. We're very proud of you men who bring your families to the church, serve the Lord, and we just wanna just give a big shout out to all our men. We love you, we're proud of you. Some of you came from some really rough backgrounds and just when we, Heidi talked about abuse and stuff and just seeing and, and the couple we went with was a representation of many of you in the room who just said, but we found Jesus, I've forgiven, my past is my past, it is what it is, I'm going to learn from it, I'm going ahead in the wisdom of God, I got a new father, his name is Jesus, and I'm going to do it his way, and I promise you'll change your life, so we're so proud of it. One more time, give it up for all of our men. We so appreciate you. So he's, he's very clear. Paul's going, don't provoke him. Don't provoke. Don't stir it up. Don't purposely incite anger in your children. And you can do this by being overcritical. Men, we got to watch it. Daddies especially. We got to watch it. Uh, we got to be very, very careful that we're not overcritical. You, you, daddies, I've seen some of you. You got some of your kids in sports, and, and you, you think you all pro coach. <laughs> you didn't even make the B team in your high school, and all of a sudden you, you, you a pro. You think you're Nick Saban. So you, you just have to be, you, you have to be very, very unkind, overly critical. Uh, it, it can, it can torment, torment your children. And so you have to be careful. I, I, Heidi and I were watching, uh, uh, we, we heard this the other day, uh, and I thought it was really good. And moms, moms man, can, are better at managing the emotions of the house. Mamas can just tell and when we're clueless. They're like, something's wrong with whatever, name your child, Hannah. I can tell, what, 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 she looks like she always looks at me. No, no, some, she, something, they, they're more in tune to manage the, managing the emotions. Fathers are there to manage anger and aggression, especially fathers with sons, to manage that. And that's what we do. I, I, I do appreciate, I'm sort of thinking about that, just thinking as, as, as a child, when I would pop off, like if I would get angry and show anger, especially as a teenager, like towards my mom, and I would say something I shouldn't have said. Quit acting like I'm the only one in the room that's ever done this and was disrespectful and in anger. And that's when daddy, you remember this when daddy when. How many of y'all ever remember? Remember dad just, that step, did, did the step thing to you like, whoa, whoa, back up. I needed a father in my life who could manage the anger that's in, boys have more testosterone than girls. And when it's going crazy when they're growing up, especially as teenagers, and everything can just throw a teenager off. And father was there to manage to let you know no, that's too far. So that you could, there needed to be a manager to the emotion to, to, to help you figure out as an adult what too far was. If not, someone will manage it. 
when you pop off on the street and somebody punches you in the mouth. That happened a time or two as well, but I deserved it. And Eugene, what about, what about, what would you say to the moms that the dad's not in the home? Or Great. the dad's not, not filling that role? Okay, I watched it last night. I watched the, anybody watched the Colorado, Colorado State football game last night? Yeah, there's, yeah, a few of you did. Okay, there were, in the first half alone, or through halfway through the third quarter, there was already eight uh, flags on um, unsportsmanlike conduct. So it was, it was back and forth. What, uh, thank you, thank you, Dot. It was on Colorado State, she said. <laughs> I would say God's given us other, he's given us a church to put, to put children in. He's given us a spiritual family to put children in. He's given us sports to put children in. Sports was correcting. That flag in 15 yards is a corrector. It, it's, it's, letting, it's managing the anger because those fouls come because of anger. And so there's a 15-yard penalty, and you got the other players going, come on, man, think, 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 think. It's trying to help manage the anger because we have it in us. You don't want to squelch, you don't want to squelch that in a young man, but you do have to manage it. And so I, I'm saying to you mamas, it's, it's church. It's getting them involved with other men in their life that can help manage it. It's getting in sports where you have coaches that are going to help young men grow up and say, that's too far. We don't do that. You have to have someone in their life. If not, you're going to see what's happening in our streets now. It's why we need a justice system. It's why we need it in our community. We need police officers. We need judges and people, district attorneys. Because you have to manage a society. And here's what God's saying to us. The greatest way, even if you've already made mistakes, how many of you go, praise God, it can still be redeemed the greatest way is for a mama, a, a, a boy to meet a girl, fall in love with Jesus, marry each other, try to do it God's way, raise up children in the house of the Lord. It's God's way is better. It's better. So you could be sitting here even going, well, you know, my household, that's fine. Just make sure you're applying the word yes. to your household, the principles of the word. I'm going to discipline, not because we're overbearing. We're going to discipline because God said discipline, and we're going to do that. And then God's going to show up in the middle of that and touch their heart because we obeyed the Lord. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? Yes, very awesome. Do you want to add anything to that? No, it, 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 it's... It's, there's no magic wand that you can wave three times and have a great family. <clears throat> you can't look at a family and go, well, they've got it all together and they haven't gone through what I've gone through. So, you know, and, and that may be true that they, different roads have led different ways. But at the end of the day, when you see a good family and a good healthy family, it's because that family and those parents have worked very, very hard to get to where they're at. It's behind the scenes work. It's not, there's going to be some public work, but there's more behind the scenes work that you don't know the labor, the consistency, what God's word says we're going to do. 
And Eugene and I, when we got married, we, again, we didn't have, we didn't have, you know, the answers for everything. And we had some things that we brought from our families growing up that we brought into our marriage and family. And then there were some things from our families because of how they were raised and came to the Lord later in life that we wanted to do differently. And so we had to go, what does God's word say? And, and I said this, I said this to a group of young, of young people, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the, <clears throat> the blessing and the curse of a generation like ours was back in the day, 30 years ago, you didn't have the internet, you didn't have computers, you didn't have social media, you didn't have all that stuff. And so how did you gain, gain wisdom and understanding by going to the word of God? by taking it to God in prayer, and by talking to other godly people. That's how you gained insight and wisdom in all the things of life. And that's a blessing. And then it could be a curse because it, it, took hard, it was harder work to do it that way because you didn't have everything at your fingertips. But we live in a culture now and a generation now that has, is over-resourced, over-informed, too much information, too many resources, too many voices, and now their issue is having to decipher between 10,000 voices, God's voice gets lost in all of that. Godly voices get lost in all of that, and they're having to decipher which voices they're going to listen to and how they're going to raise their family, how they're going to live their life, and it, it's easy to overlook the Word of God because all the other resources can come so quickly. Nothing ever, ever will take the place of the Word of God. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It was true yesterday. It'll be true today. It'll be true forever. That going back to the Word of God, it's the harder way to do it, but it's the right way, and God will honor and He will bless it if we will do what God's Word tells us to do. Sorry, that was a little rabbit trail. No, I'm going to finish it. Yeah. Let me, let me tell you what Heidi said. Let me say it another way. That means there are people that you don't know have more influence in your life than people who love you and that you do know. That's what it means. I'll just go. So it could even be, you could be, even be sitting in the room listening to what we're saying now who know you and love you. But you'll go, no, but I've, got, I've listened to these other voices out here to people that I don't know and don't love me, and they have more influence. I'm going to do what they think instead of what y'all said because they have more influence. That's a sad day. That's a sad day. The Bible does say have a multitude of counselors, but it is people who know you and love you. You don't have a multitude of counselors when the Bible was written of people who didn't know you and who didn't love you. And the internet is not a multitude of counselors. You don't even know them. So I'd say if you're in the room today and you see within the church and you see a husband and a wife and you go, man, I love the way he treats her and the way she respects and honors him. Man, go up, go up, go up there and go, this is, this is let me introduce herself. I saw this. In y'all honor. Uh, could we have dinner? We're buying honor. Sit down and go, tell us about y'all's marriage. How, we just want some of that. Can some of that get off on some of us? 
No, no, see, we don't, we don't live that way anymore. We go home and Google it. Instead of reaching out, honoring, and getting some of that on you, now, now you've made a friend. Now you've met someone who could speak into your life and into your marriage. If you see a family with children, go, man, we want to meet with y'all. I want to know what y'all are doing. Just, what, you cannot honor without humility. You cannot honor without humility. So is it going to take some humility? Yes, it's going to take some humility. And to go, and don't, don't think, this pride thing, don't always think pride is, look at me, I'm all that. Pride's worst form, in my opinion, this is my opinion, worst form is, I don't want anybody to know. I don't want anybody to see me. It's not about, that's the worst form, because that still keeps you from interacting with people that could help you along and, and change your life. The answer to your prayer may be sitting in the room right next to you. But we didn't have the humility to see and to honor. Are y'all checking with me? You open your door. So I got, we, I got, I got to finish. We, we took the rabbit trail. Parents, as you teach and train your children, especially t your teenagers, especially your teenagers, because teenagers can, can rise the emotion in you like none other. I didn't expect such a response, but I got that. They, they just can you you got to rise above the emotion. And I, I want to read this Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones quote. When you are disciplining a child, you should have first controlled yourself. What right have you to say to your child that he needs disciplining when you yourself obviously need discipline yourself? I'm sure Dr. Dr. Martin, Dr. Jones is listening from heaven. Remember a few weeks ago, I, I shared with you, are we, Victor's supposed to come back, isn't he? Yes, yeah. It says right here, Vic, come back, right here on the notes. <laughs> Heidi wrote the notes because she always puts Vic, come back on the notes. That's what it says, baby, Vic, come back. If it's in some parentheses, that's for your own, own self. Oh. <laughs> Willie came. <laughs> yeah. Let me read verse four. Bring them up with the discipline that's the correction and instruction. That's the teaching that comes from the Lord. Parents, you and I, we have a great responsibility to discipline our children, instruct them, teach them, train them in the ways of God. We're here to assist as a church. We're not to be the primary. We're not gonna stand before God one day and Eugene and Heidi, you're up. What did you do with Joe Brothers' children at the church? It's the home. It is the foundation block that God builds a church, the home. It's the foundation block that he builds a community. It's in the home. And so none of us are going to be perfect 
I can't tell you how many times Heidi and I both had to sit our kids down to repent to them. And we might, we, 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 if we overstepped our bounds, there were times, y'all get in here, mom and dad want to apologize to y'all. Why? Well, we were just overly strict in this area, or we underly strict, or we didn't do this right, we didn't do that right. And we felt the conviction of the Lord, and uh, we're just coming to y'all to ask for forgiveness. Would you please forgive us? Or we'd go individually to, if we went, did something we shouldn't have done to one of the children, or whatever, or got angry and said something out said something out of anger that was hurtful to them to go back and try to we didn't want that seed to fall in their heart to get that thing and pluck that out by the root because we realized we said something out of anger and in doing so that's humility parent parents parents often mistake going if i own up to what i've done wrong then my then i lose respect with my children but the truth of the matter is, it's exactly the opposite. When they see you owning up to your mistakes, it helps them to honor and respect you more mm -hmm. so that they know they can own up to their mistakes. Yeah. It's leading, it's, it's setting an example before them, not just through how you lead them, but also when you're, when you're not a, Pastor Jacob says this often as well, when you can't lead by, re, when you can't lead by example, you lead by repentance. Mm -hmm. And your children will honor and respect you even more when you own up to, the, to some of the mistakes that you've made. Gives a great example for how they're to walk when they make mistakes themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, I, I just started thinking back in school. What, what did we... I mean, obviously, we, we, we go to church. I mean, that was, I'm the pastor. I have to go. <laughs> when they were little, even when we were on vacation, we went to church. To, to really teach the children, Sunday was the Lord's Day. Uh, as they got older, we, we, we took Sundays off. But even when they were little, we're like, we're, we're, we're on vacation. Okay, we're going to church. I mean, we're on vacation. Well, we go to church. We, we even were in another city. We... Sometimes stop at a little bitty church and just say, we're going to try this one. Walk in and, you know, they knew you were a visitor because right? there are like 15 people there. One time, the, one of the pastors goes, you're a pastor? Yes, sir, I am. Well, I so enjoyed the message. What are you doing tonight? You want to preach? <laughs> I'm on vacation. No. <laughs> and One time we went and visited a church on vacation and the kids were little. And we try not to say what we do. You know, you just kind of just try to slip in. And so one of the, one of the, they came, of course, it was a tiny little church, so they knew we were visitors, like you said. So you go in, and, and here we are, and they, oh, well, what do you do? And Eugene goes, I'm a heart surgeon. <laughs> and I look it's at him true. and go, you are slick. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. We're so glad to have y'all. He never went back total different. <laughs> in the spirit, it's true. So... I started just thinking of big blocks. I go, we go, we, we go to church, we honor God. We honor God with gratitude. It's always gratitude. We put in, show gratitude, show respect, show honor. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. I heard somebody say, that's old fashioned. I'm teaching my kids. No, no, you're, it's, it's not whether it's old fashioned, it's about honor. 
It's about honor. We're going to teach yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Thank you. Honor, honoring other people, obeying authority, teachers and police officers and whoever carries authority that you would honor because all authority has been set up by God, even those that aren't doing a good job. Even, even, even when they might have been misrepresented and to go, no, you're still going to honor that. And you can disagree with someone and still honor them. That's exactly right. You can disagree. We're not going to all see eye to eye. You can disagree with someone, but the posture of your heart can still be honor, even in disagreement. That's exactly right. So, so think about that now in the culture we now live in. Disagreement is now coupled with dishonor. Because I disagree with you, I'm going to dishonor you. That's what's happening. That's what the internet has helped and thrown fuel on that fire. That now we could sit in a room. We're not always all going to agree on everything. We have to agree on some things or you probably wouldn't be at this church. But we might disagree on something. I don't even agree with her all the time. I.e. yesterday and how we wash our windows. Okay. I honored my father. I started at the top. So now, because we disagree, if we disagree, then we become dishonoring. And so we have to be very, very, we have to, where should honor be restored to our community? It ought to start in the house of God. And that we honor God and we honor one another. We honor our children and children honor their parents. And let me tell you something, if, if your children or you didn't win the lottery if your children are well-behaved. They learned it because there was parents who took the word seriously and said, no, we're gonna do what God's word says and we're gonna do it and we're gonna trust that God's gonna come in the middle. He's gonna melt their heart of stone because they're born with one and where he's gonna melt it and, and you, you see it and it doesn't just happen. You gotta bring honor back. So when he says you discipline, that's the for disobedience, but when he says you instruct, that would be that you reward for good behavior, for things that you want to see, just like God does. You show honor, I'll reward you. You show honor, I'll reward you. You show honor, I'll reward you. Well, shouldn't we do the same for our children where they show honor? We should reward them. And by doing that, you're teaching. And so you discipline and you teach by reward. And so we're, we're gonna, we're gonna pray for you. But, yeah, but real quick, because I, I think, Grandparents, how many grandparents in the room? Because it talks to you. And we are not grandparents yet, but in February, we're going to be grandparents. Come on, somebody. Devil's a liar. Thank God we didn't kill William. That is our reward for not killing him. I want to read Deuteronomy chapter four. Grandparents, you have a, look, watch this. Watch out, be careful, never to forget what you yourself has seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live. And be sure to pass them on to your children and so your job, according to the word, I know what you think it is, it's to spoil them. That's not your job, though you may do that. God says, I want you to pass on 
the stories and how you've seen God work in your life to your children and to your... So our role as grandparents is to be the teacher to our grandchildren, to pass on the faith to another generation that they'll wanna come see mama and papa or whatever you call yourselves and because they learn stories about the goodness of God and how you've shown up and God's shown up in your life for generations to come. So let's make sure we're doing our job, grandparents, to the, to the children in the house. Baby, would you mind praying, just praying over these families? Uh, I wanted, if it wasn't for you, uh, our kids wouldn't have come out very good. But anyway, well, that's not true. Well, I mean, you were, you were the, you were the, the thermostat or thermometer. You were always letting us know where the reading was. And there were times I know I may have set the temperature. Sometimes you always knew right where the family was with great discernment, and whispered in my ear, "We need to call family meeting. This is what's going on, or we need to pray. This is what's happening." Or and I'm very grateful Thank to you. you. Baby. Thank you. And I, and I think I, if, if you get nothing else from today, that you just walk out of here understanding what a great role and responsibility you have as parents and as grandparents. And, and again, that it's, it's the home that God wants to redeem and restore. And as he redeems and restores families, then that comes into the church, it comes into the community, it comes into. We may not can change everything out there, but we can make some changes with what happens within the four walls of our home. And it's never too late. You've never messed up so much. There's nothing unredeemable. Without God, it may be so. But with God, there is nothing unredeemable. And it's never too late to start again and anew and afresh and bringing honor to God first, to one another, to children and to parents. It's never too late to bring that and start happening in the home right now. So we want you to be encouraged by today. Jesus, I thank you for today. Father, I thank you for the families that are represented in here. Father, I pray that we would walk out today intentionally choosing to be men and women of honor. That our heart posture would be one of honor. That God, we would honor you first and foremost above all others and above all else. And that God, as we begin to walk in honor towards you, Father, I pray that it would begin to flow down to marriages between husbands and wives and especially even after today's message, God, between parents and children, between children and parents. In a world that has lost what honor means, in a world that is living dishonorable every single day, in a world that's getting darker and darker and darker, Father, I pray that you would lift up the honorable hearts, God, like a light, like a beacon, Father, in a dark world. Would you use our families? Would you use these husbands and wives? Would you use these grandparents, these aunties, the uncles, the mamas, the daddies, God? Would you use us as a light in a dark world, Father, to show people what honor truly is? To show people how to honor you? To show people how to honor one another, how to honor our children?
And by honoring our children, then our children learn how to honor their parents. So Father, I pray that we'd go back to your word, that, to your word, that we wouldn't take a shortcut and try to get wisdom and understanding and, and knowledge just the quick way. But that God, we would go back to your word and that God, we would lead by example, by doing what your word says, by obeying your word. And in doing so, God, you open heaven and you pour out your blessings over us. Father, I bless these families today. We bless these homes today. Let our homes, Father, make a difference in the world that we live and the people that we touch. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, baby. Why don't you stand to your feet? I, I did want to share with y'all one good thing today before you leave today real quick. Y'all got time for some good news? This past weekend, or Monday, uh, yeah, this Monday, we uh, actually signed on the dotted line. We, we purchased it. It is ours. That is going to be the Ville Platte Church facility, the new campus that's going to be. We, we, got, a, we got a lot of work to do, as you can tell. It still says dirt cheap on it. And uh, can I just give God all the praise? We did. We were going to. Can we just do that? Thank you, Lord. I want to I wanna just give God all the praise for this one, honor. We had a, actually an individual that lived, that doesn't even attend our campus that heard about it, called about it, said, what are we doing? And said, I want to be a part of it. And uh, my family and I want to be a part of what's going to happen in Ville Platte. Listen, Ville Platte, and wrote out a check and gave to the church so that the church could buy it. Because that wasn't what we were originally going to do. We are going to do some lease things. And, and, and gave a generous donation of $1.4 million and wrote a check and said, we want to be a part of it. Yeah. So you, I'm just telling you the story. I'm just showing. This is God. We heard a cry. Pastor Kevin and Chrissy will go. We found a place. And then God starts providing just out of the blue. So that came in and we, I was able to sign. And uh, so we're, we're working. So you go, well, what, what, how are we going to do it? Then now our legacy gifts are coming up. Our end of the year, we always give. We ask you, best gift you can possibly give. And y'all have always stepped up. Y'all have always been very generous. So that's going to cost about probably close to $2 million to go in and renovate, put walls up. I mean, it's nothing. It's just an open, big open space. Uh, we've been working with architects already, getting close to a design. And so I wanted to remind you, November 12th, Legacy Gifts. We got a building. We got a person. We got some people. And, and, and just God's in it. And so I'm praying for all of us as we get ready to make sacrifices and go, let's do this. This is Opelousas. We're, we're, we're doing this. And so can we just thank him one more time? Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. And so, uh, Father, I want to bless these people. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. And you're going out to your coming in again. May all that you set your hands to, seeking first the kingdom of God, may he bless it and prosper it. And I bless you in the name of the Father, his son, Jesus, and the all-abiding Holy Spirit. Go be a man and woman of honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you. Have a great day.